Welcome to the St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 15th week of Ordinary Time. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you, Bill. Good, good day, everyone listening. We're happy to be together, right? We are, and your, your connection is excellent, but you're not in town. Where are you traveling today? Today, I, at the moment, I'm in Philadelphia, but I will be vi- visiting the Diocese of Wilmington, Delaware. Um, we have the ordination of a new bishop for Wilmington, a priest I've known uh, for a long time, ever since I was ordained a priest. He's a priest from Long Island, Rockville Center. Um, Monsignor William Koenig is going to be ordained a bishop today to uh, shepherd the Church of Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, today we I celebrate him. Um, the people of Wilmington are going to be blessed to have him as a bishop. He's a good man, a kind man, a gentleman, but also a strong leader, uh, creative. He'll be a wonderful bishop for uh, Wilmington. But t- today's also it's a celebration of the Church. Today we celebrate the, uh, the gift that God gives us in His Church and how... We, we celebrate the apostolicity, the, the Church's one holy Catholic and apostolic. We celebrate that gift of, uh, of the tradition of, of the faith that's come to us from the apostles. That, that word apostolic means being sent. Um, Bishop Alex Koenig is being sent. You know, he doesn't choose this. He doesn't apply to this. He's sent as a missionary um, from Long Island now to... Uh, Delaware to care for the church there. And so we see the church being cared for from age to age, generation to generation. So today's a very happy day. Well, the the reading two weekends ago was the Apostle Paul who had the thorn in his side, and you discussed how that weakness was made strong in Christ. I'm guessing that that comes to mind uh, as you, you pray for Absolutely, um, the, the, as we pray for him, and you know, today's it's a nice day for me too because as I pray at mass for him and with him, I'm thinking of the great gift that God gave to me in sending me to Columbus. Um, so that, trust me, on that day, I was tremendously aware of my weakness and of. Um, my needs, and saying, thinking to myself, my Lord, how are you doing this? And God's saying, my grace will be sufficient for you. And and, and that, you just become humbled um, before the grace of God. It's, uh, I, I face my weakness every single day, but, um, but God brings me through each day, and hopefully um, God does things maybe not only through me, but in spite of me. <laughs> Mm. It's um it must be daunting to to receive that blessing uh to be the bishop of a, a community that uh every community has its own needs. I did some research in in the the state of Delaware, the archbishop uh that will be um a, 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 or, uh, installed today in Delaware, um Bishop Koenig, but they only had eight priests in multiple counties at the time. Um, he had a lot ahead of him, and uh, you do here for the Diocese of Columbus and, and any diocese in our day and age. Uh, you, you related 
to the book From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. It's exactly. not a, not an easy time, is it? No, it's not. But going back to that image of uh, St. Paul, you know, we don't design the times we live in. But God's grace is going to be sufficient. God's grace is going to prevail over everything, even over my own uh, visions and uh, projects. God's grace is what's going to prevail. So, yes, we're what a great gift to be able to talk to you on the radio about this, but we've been going through this book from Christism to Apostolic Mission, and it's um, a book on pastoral strategies for an apostolic age, which is where we live, and, um, and it's put out through the uh, University of Mary. And so last week we spoke a little bit about that first chapter, kind of setting up um, what does it mean to live in an apostolic, an age of apostolic mission. Um, this, this second chapter talks about the the tasks and then the advantages and the challenges of each age. So we, we, we are kind of, and, and it's been happening over a long period of time, we're coming out of an age that may have been described as Christendom, and in some ways we long for some of those good things of the good old days. Um, But, you know, it doesn't mean that everybody in an age of Christendom was Christian, or even all the Christians lived according to their Christian values, but there was a certain, what might you say, maybe a vocabulary, a a certain... um, structure of being that mirrored uh, the Christian worldview. Um, and in and the Church would have had a, a particular mission in that age of Christendom. The, the point of the Church would have been, on one level, a role of maintenance. You know, it would have been um, building and maintaining institutions. It's the age where um, you saw here in the United States in the age of Christendom where many of the social service agencies, many of the schools really took off and and had a, a, a deep imprint um, in society. Um, and, and then you, you, some of the advantages would be that parents and families could feel supported by society, that what you were teaching your children at home about values, about life, would have been supported by the greater society, would have been supported not only in Catholic schools, but in in public schools. Good citizenship, um, responsible behavior, um, those kinds of things would have been supported. And so living in an age of Christendom has a certain comfort to it, um, but also a certain task, and, and that that task is constantly to, uh, to to use that opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Um, but as you know, every age has its challenges, doesn't it? You know, it does. It now, does. Now so, you mentioned that yeah. parents aren't, you know, in our homes. Uh, you know, we we may not be supported in the general culture in this new apostolic era, and it kind of forces us to not coast anymore, right? Exactly. So the change in the, you know, the challenge, rather, in uh, in an age of Christendom is that you, you could develop that mentality of, we let's coast, of complacency, you know? Um, and, and even in terms of missionary activity, 
you don't feel that impulse to go out and um, evangelize because, well, everybody knows what the church teaches. And, um, and even if you're not living it or proclaiming it, at least you know it. Mm. And and so you you could develop it in an age of complacency. You you can develop an age of of, uh, of clericalism. The, the work of the church then is done uh, in, in through the, the the clergy and religious. The work of the church um, leadership. It's, it's the bishops, and and you could develop a, a sense of well, you know, they'll take care of that. And uh, and among the uh, bishops and priests, you can. Uh, there's a, this temptation to cease to operate as pastors and to become more like managers, mm. um, you know, running institutions and keeping things going. Those are the challenges. I'm not saying that's what people did. Maybe in some cases, yes. Um, but in an age of uh, of, of Christendom, um, the 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 challenge is to keep the flame going. You know, to 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 to, to have that sense of fervor. Uh, there's a statement that the author makes in in the book. He says the church is never more fragile. You know, I'm sorry, church is never in a more fragile situation than when she seems strong, mm. but has lost her deep rootedness in the invisible world. This danger can be is can be hard to see in a Christendom age. You, we, you know, when the world identifies with you. Danger is you can start to identify with the world, and I think we can look at the ways that you know, and the church did do that, and some of the crises that we're living through now are the fruits of some of that sad situation where maybe we identified too much with the world and with its systems, and so yeah, the the um, we're living in an apostolic age, and you know it. It's right to lament the loss of a Christian vocabulary. It's right to lament the fact that the world around us not only fails to support our Christian vision, but actually is antithetical to it, is hostile to what we teach about um, about an, an integral sexual life, the... the um, about marriage and the family, about the dignity of human life, about the dignity of the human person created in the image and likeness of God. Um, There are some deep crises out in the world. Uh, So that's what you would call an an age of apostolic mission, that there's a world that needs now more than ever to hear the gospel of Christ, but it's a world where preaching the gospel of Christ is very, very difficult. Even within, because you know, maybe maybe it's part of that sense of complacency, um, and maybe it's part of just the situation of the world. But even in our Catholic circles, the Catholic vocabulary is kind of lost. Um, so we need to do both evangelization and catechesis. We need to be able to to teach the basics because that's been lost. So. Society is not supporting our age, and those are the uh, those are some of the situations, the, the the tasks that the church places in an apostolic age. But there are advantages there, aren't there? Well, there is. It uh, it kind of gets us out of our malaise, huh? Gets us woken. exactly. It, it wakes us up and says, "Wait, we we've, we've got to live and proclaim the gospel," you know. 
and, and and I'm taking this from the book, but basically, it's something that I've observed um, among some of our our young priests and seminarians coming forward among many of the converts, many people who are coming to embrace the faith, many people who live the faith, many young people who identify themselves as missionary, there's something new. There's less of a hypocrisy, and the life of faith is more intense. So so for those who do embrace the faith, it's really intensive. And you see families really living the faith at a very deep level. Um, I'm not just saying this to compliment you or your listeners, but the fact of the matter is, St. Gabriel Radio is a fruit and an important instrument in the apostolic age. You know, there's a certain enthusiasm, and I see it all over for St. Gabriel Radio, because what you're doing is you're proclaiming the gospel on the airwaves. That Let's be honest, as you tune through uh, <laughs> the different uh, stations on the radio, you're not exactly hearing Christian values. But the Gabriel Radio was there. And those who listen, you who are listening to us, this conversation today, you're part of that great work of living and proclaiming the gospel in an apostolic age. Um, there's a higher standard of holiness. It's... Uh, um, it, 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 there's a sense of, of, of witness. There's um, a, a, a sense of fervor, being on fire for the gospel. Um, you know, we think back to, we call it the apostolic age, we think back to those first apostles. Uh, in Sunday's gospel, we heard how Jesus sent them out into the world and told them, bring nothing with you, trust in me. It's the power of the gospel. It's not your stuff that's going to get this message out. It's the power of the gospel. It's the gospel itself. And go out there, teach the nations, cure the sick, bring healing, and announce the gospel. And so what the apostles did in their time is exactly where we find ourselves today. Um, again, though, there's the task, there's the advantages, but there are challenges. Um, in some ways, it's hard. It's 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 hard to proclaim the gospel. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to feel overwhelmed. Another challenge is that it takes great courage. Whereas um, hypocrisy may have been the danger in the age of Christendom, cowardice, the book says, is the age is the challenge, uh, the danger in the age of uh, uh, of apostolic uh, mission. Um, whereas um, the, the the sense of society, it's hardest to raise children today, um, because especially this generation of apostolic mission, because even though you might want to protect your children, it's hard to protect your children, because, you know, I was talking with one bishop yesterday, he, he said, you know, when we were kids, we weren't. You couldn't get into an R-rated movie without an adult. <laughs> Today, you can watch it on your phone in your room, mm-hmm. and much worse, mm-hmm. right? So, our we don't we we don't have the protection. The children don't live in a world that's protected. So, and 
and it's hard to raise children. I feel very uh, sorry. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say I'm sorry for parents, but I, I have great respect for parents trying to raise their children in an apostolic age because they're being taught a completely different message. So the, the challenges are there. Um, we, we, we name them, but as much as we'd like, like St. Paul two weeks ago said, remove these thorns, O Lord, the Lord is speaking to us saying, my grace is enough for you. And when what he said to St. Paul, he said to his apostles when he sent them out without walking sticks and money bags, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And so what he's saying to us today is, my grace is sufficient for you. Stay with it. Don't be afraid. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I'm enjoying uh, well, I, I, while I'm enjoying this book, um, I enjoyed reading it, and now I'm enjoying having the chance to discuss it with you, is that it's easy to feel alone in an, in an age of apostolic mission. It's easy to feel overwhelmed, but when we can talk about these things with each other and when we can find out that we're not alone in that, and again, I come back to St. Gabriel Radio, why you, your mission is so important we remember that we're not alone and that we are that band of apostles, just like those first, that first generation of apostles. We are that band of apostles who are sent out by Jesus Christ into the world to bring his healing and to proclaim the good news of his gospel. And even more so, he sent them out as ambassadors as he was going to towns and villages. They didn't even know the impact of what they were preaching, because it was only after that that they experienced the resurrection. We know the final answer, the resurrection. But we can help each other and encourage each other. And to me, that's one of the most exciting things about this apostolic age, that we can find support in one another because we help to show each other the face of Jesus Christ. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful to you, at St. Gabriel Radio, and to every single listener, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you more than you know that, that, that you're so committed and that you want to know more and hear more and constantly ignite that fire um, by, by what you're listening to on the radio and what you're sharing in your everyday life. But I'm excited, too, about the, the various missionary groups that are here and the good work that's being done and, and the wonderful uh, religious who are, are, are just giving us a great witness and, you know, the, and the work of, that's done in our parishes, our priests, our deacons, our lay people, our parishioners. Um, this, to me, it may be harder than ever, but I find that we experience the joy at a deeper level, um, especially when we share it with each other. So mm -hmm. we will continue our conversation on uh, living from Christendom into apostolic mission, and um, I think the next chapter, maybe we'll take it up next week, yes. does talk about the current climate. So we'll talk a little more about that, um, and eventually we'll get into some strategies and how that's going to affect what we're doing, especially with Real Presence, Real Future. Bishop Brennan, thank you so much for your shepherding all of us here in the Diocese of Columbus and beyond. Uh, could you close us with a prayer? There's much to pray for during this time. We have a lot to pray for this week, don't we? 
We certainly do, and I certainly will. So first of all, um, yeah, please remember Bishop Koenig. <laughs> and remember, let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Wilmington as they begin a new era. Um, again, I remember the excitement of starting. I, I meant to say last week, I was certainly praying for our Holy Father, but we pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Um, thank God that his surgery was successful and that he's recovering so well. I don't know if you saw some of the images of him speaking the Angelus from the balcony at the hospital, and he had mm-hmm. some of the, the children who were uh, patients in the hospital with him. You know, what a beautiful image in his own, in his weakness, in his human frailty, in his illness. He's using it as an occasion to stay close to those who are ill. Wow, isn't that a beautiful, powerful witness? And, um, and 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 he's teaching us. So we pray for him. We pray for his continued um, convalescence and his strengthening so that he can pick up his role, even as he's doing now, um, in, in an apostolic age, proclaiming the gospel. Let's pray. Uh, the world needs prayers. My goodness, our own country needs prayers. Um, we pray for the people of Haiti. Um, I have some Haitian friends who... I. The, the day of the assassination, uh, my, the first hearing of it was from uh, um, a woman I'm very friendly with who wrote to me, say, please pray the president of Haiti was just assassinated. I got this very early in the morning. I was like, oh, how sad. Uh, we pray for the people of Haiti as they emerge out of that chaos. And we pray for the people of Cuba. Um, I'm with Archbishop Perez in Philadelphia getting ready. You know, the Cuban bishops met, bishops, Cubans who are bishops, let me go restate that, the, the bishops who are of Cuban heritage <laughs> or birth here in the United States met yesterday to talk about it, he was telling me. And, um, you know, we pray in solidarity with people who are crying out for freedom mm-hmm. and praying for uh, um, for hope in, in, in their hour of great need and quite honestly in an oppressive situation. We talk about our situation. Um, we, we, we see oppression throughout the world. So yes, we unite our prayers with all those who are suffering throughout the world um, and, and we ask God to guide us. So what do we pray? You know what? Let's ask Mary and all the saints to pray along with us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Charity, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, pray for us and for all the world. And may Almighty God Bless all of you who are listening and all of your family. May he fill you with love and spark that apostolic fire in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan, for joining us today. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.